What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. It is Thursday, December 2nd, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. The 2021 Spotify Wrapped is out, so be sure to tweet at us how many minutes you've spent streaming the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast in 2001. I've got the Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wolfong, on the line to break down some of the big recruiting news as we head into one of the final weekends before the early signing period. But Steve, first of all, how are we doing? Man, just trying to keep up. Blair, how are you, brother? Good job on the Devin Browns commitment. Yeah, we we will touch on Devin Brown committing to Ohio State in a bit. We're also going to talk a little bit about Malachi Nelson, the five-star quarterback who completed his flip from Oklahoma to USC following the arrival of Lincoln Riley in Los Angeles. But let's start off, Steve, with Brian Kelly and LSU. He had his introductory press conference on Wednesday and I thought he, he, he made some good points. Obviously, uh, I know a lot of fan bases will always talk about a, a new head coach winning a press conference. And I think he said all the right things. And when you look at LSU and what they need from a recruiting standpoint, we touched on it earlier this week. It's always going to be there, right? LSU is going to always have that that base to recruit from. Um, they they are in a, a really strong state and a strong region. Uh, but I, I think what Brian Kelly is bringing is just a, a really added concentration that is going to take that to to the next level. Well, I think Brian Kelly, I mean, his vision for recruiting is the same as every coach uh, trying to go out and get the best class that you possibly get. His role in that is more of a closer. I mean, he's a living room guy that's excellent in his message uh, about the program and what they're trying to accomplish. And uh, uh, yeah, he's very eloquent in that regard. Um, but LSU, they're going to need to hire some recruiters. And uh, guys that are nine inning guys that can help get it to Brian Kelly there at the end and he can close because that's what he does best. Lincoln Riley has already started to make some noise out West. When do you expect Billy Napier at Florida and Brian Kelly at LSU to start making some waves in that part of the country? Is it, is it post early signing period or are you, are you hoping that maybe we see a little kind of a, a glimmer of some, some shockwaves from them too? Now, I want to add on, on Brian Kelly there before I answer that, that he's willing to do whatever his assistant coaches need from him on the recruiting trail. It's just not as natural as Lincoln Riley, who's a nine-inning guy from start to finish, who's building a relationship with Malachi Nelson, who grew up a USC fan and always thought he would be a Trojan. But then Lincoln Riley is this coach recruiting him the hardest of any coach in the United States of America, who at the same time has had Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, prolific offenses and teams going to the college football playoff. That's how you convince a young man to turn his back. And it, and it certainly didn't hurt that USC was struggling, but Malachi Nelson picked Oklahoma over Ohio State, who does a good job recruiting kids and producing at that position, uh, among other schools. I think that 
when we're going to see a splash from these guys, I don't know. I mean, the crystal ball, you know, we, you talk about the branch brothers, Zion and, and Zachariah, you, me and Greg Biggins were talking earlier today on Tuesday or Wednesday, the days are running together uh, that we like USC. Now uh, we liked Ohio state last week. We liked Ohio state for much of the process for Zion branch or I did. And, and with that same goes for Zachariah, but you know, Lincoln Riley, some fireworks there. Uh, uh, ultimately, I think that they're going to, you know, they, they land the branch brothers unless they fail to visit. In, in a couple of weeks, which you and I rarely see a school fail to visit. You know, I don't know if we're going to see like an Urban Meyer type close when he got the job at Ohio State and quickly rallied in two months for the number five class in America. And also there wasn't an early signing period back then. So he really had some time to, um, you know, he still had two months to piece that together and, and, and make a run to the buzzer. And it was an epic one. It'll pay off in 2023, though. I mean, we're already seeing it with Malachi Nelson. Makai Lemon looks like he's next. Again, Lincoln Riley, he goes as hard as any pro or any head coach in the country at recruiting. He's as visible as any head coach in the country at recruiting. And, uh, um, you know, USC definitely got themselves a nine inning guy as their head coach. USC had a commitment from four-star quarterback Devin Brown. He backed off that pledge heading into Thanksgiving Day weekend. Then he hosted in-home visits and, and he had meetings with Ohio State, with Ole Miss, with Texas. Ryan Day was the only head coach that went in there this past weekend, Steve. And the Buckeyes landed the commitment. Before we break that down, let's hear from Devin Brown to hear why he's headed to Columbus. I just have a great relationship with Coach Dennis and Coach Day. Um, they're at my house this weekend, and everything has been great with them. But like I said before, just knowing that they have one of the best quarterback rooms in the country, um, that's something super appealing. To be the best, you got to compete with the best. And so I just want to go prove myself. There's just so much talent there. Um, you know, all the receivers that they have, all the linemen that they're bringing in, and all the recruits that they're bringing in. We're building something special in Columbus. And being in the Big Ten, and especially Ohio State, there's so much tradition. So it's just a super special place to be. So that was four-star quarterback Devin Brown revealing why he wanted to commit to the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, you know, I mentioned USC missing on him in a way, right? But it's not really a miss when you add a 2023 prospect like Malachi Nelson, who's a high caliber player, a highly coveted one, and the only quarterback that Lincoln Riley had offered in the 2023 class. But now we're, we're, we're looking at the other effects of Devin Brown's decision to play for Ohio State. Texas was left at the altar. They, the Longhorns were perceived for a little bit, uh, at least for a couple of weeks, to be in the driver's seat there. Ole Miss now has to kind of pivot and, and figure out what they're going to do in the 2022 class. I, I think this heightens the importance for Steve Sarkeesian to go out and get a big name in 2023. Sure. And, and and they obviously have Malik Murphy committed in 2022, the big arm passer from California. And and meanwhile, Ole Miss is is, is trending on the 24-7 sports transfer crystal ball for Dylan Gabriel out of UCF. He's got that pass relationship with Coach Levy. He's expected in Oxford this weekend. And talking to a source earlier this week, I love where Ole Miss stands. And I put in a, I don't put in many transfer crystal ball picks, but I have one in for Dylan Gabriel uh, to Ole Miss. So, you know, those 
those programs are going to be fine. But for Ohio State, you just look at the way they recruit the position. And it's kind of in the same sense as Lincoln Riley, that Ryan Day is a nine inning guy. But Corey Dennis is an electric recruiter too now. The offensive coordinator who goes down to the state of Texas and flips Quinn Ewers. You know, Corey Dennis has known Quinn Ewers since Quinn Ewers was in the eighth grade. Their relationship was the strongest. The comfort level with Ohio State was off the charts. And then you have a head coach that supports you on the trail like Ryan Day. It, it allows you to win recruiting battles for Devin Brown, but certainly the product on the field speaks for itself with the first round picks that Ohio State's had at the position and the success that they've had offensively. Corey Dennis went out to watch Devin Brown throw earlier this fall, and, and, and Coach Dennis saw what we saw at the Elite 11 Finals, which is one of the more talented throwers of the football in this class. And then Devin Ritt went out there as a senior and had a monster year throwing for almost 5,000 yards and 57 touchdowns, ran for eight more scores. But the thing that I like the most about Devin Brown is obviously this is a young man betting on himself. He's going to Ohio State to learn from who he thinks are the best quarterback coaches in the country in an offense that fits him. He doesn't give a damn who's already on the depth chart there. You got C.J. Stroud coming back, former five-star. You got Kyle McCord in the room, former five-star. Quinn Ewers, former number one player in the country. Devin Brown threw next to Quinn Ewers at the Elite 11 Finals, and I'm sure the way he remembers it is that he was better than Quinn Ewers in that setting. So he's going to go in there. He's got the talent level to push that room and compete. You know, it's 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 a hellacious battle to the mountaintop at Ohio State. But the track record under Ryan Day is this. If you are the starter, you will be a first-round draft pick. C.J. Stroud appears to be trending that way. And, uh, you know, Devin Brown, Kyle McCord, Quinn Ewers, they're the ones that'll duke it out uh, for the next, uh, the next opportunity behind Stroud. But hell, maybe they're the starter next year too. You know, there was a t- at this time last year, people were putting Spencer Rattler in the first round and Caleb Williams was going to wait a year before Spencer Rattler went out. Well, Caleb Williams had to come in there and win the Texas game and ultimately won the job. So, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward there. You, you've got to love the confidence, Steve, because this is a player who took his official visit to Columbus. If you recall, it was a red-eye flight on a Friday night made it to campus just in time for that Michigan State game, which was a nine o'clock kickoff where he's from, right on the on the West Coast. And so not much sleep, gets straight to campus, gets right, right to the stadium and meets Ryan Day for the first time during warmups, had never met him before, had never really interacted with him before, and then has to fly back early on Sunday because he's got to go to class on Monday. So this was one of the shortest official visits in the history of official visits. And Ohio State did enough in those 36 hours or so to convince him. And you also have to applaud Ryan Day's instincts here, right? Because he was the only head coach to make it in home during the the contact period, which opened up on Sunday. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian had been planning to make it out next week. Uh, Lincoln Riley, the new coach at USC, had been planning to make it out to Arizona to meet with him on Sunday. Uh, Lane Kiffin was also planning at some point to, to check in later later on in the process. So I think Ryan Day smelled blood in the water and, and really closed there. And, and you know, have to, you have to, you know, really, I think, applaud that effort and, and that instinct from, from that staff. I, I do think... I, I'm not sure I would call it instinct. I think they knew the pulse, Blair. I mean, it, you and I were talking after that Ohio State visit. And we thought Ohio State led at that point, and you're closer to Devin and his family than I am. But I talked to him after the visit, and you know, he obviously pointed to the explosive offense and the big-time players all over the field, and C.J. Stroud proving why he was a Heisman candidate in that game, and the energy and tradition at the horseshoe uh, really uh, spoke to him. And then he ended it with, it was great to finally meet the coaches in person, and have 
face-to-face conversations with them. And what I took from that is he had a ton of dialogue with those guys going into the visit. I don't know if there was a staff he was talking to more than Ohio State going into that visit. When Corey Dennis went out and saw him throw live, they instantly fell in love and and they wanted this young man in their program. They view him as a championship caliber quarterback, obviously, and uh, he'll come in and push that uber talented room. Yeah, very impressive pickup on, on both ends. I think it's a it's a very, very nice match on both fronts. Steve, before we go and and obviously before we embark on the second to last weekend of the cycle before the early signing period, do you have any bonus nuggets for us? Yeah, man. Well, five-star defensive lineman Walter Nolan, a long-time commit to Texas A&M. I shouldn't say long time, but he's been in the fold since November. It's it's long in Walter Nolan in Walter Nolan timelines. Well, he's going to take his official visit to Tennessee. He went back. To, he he visited Tennessee after after he committed to A&M, but he left the game at halftime. I was not getting strong reviews that he was a flip candidate after that visit. Um, I felt, you know, I felt good about him sticking with A&M after that visit, but he's going to go there and give it one more look and dot his I's and cross his T's and take his official. And his family's spoken high about uh, Rodney Garner. His family's spoken high about Josh Heupel. And anytime you get a young man on campus, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, there's also, you know, they'd like to get back to A&M next weekend, the weekend of the 10th. That's going to be a big recruitment weekend for AM, um, but this could be a big weekend for Tennessee. You know, they have a top 25 class right now. It's number 24 nationally. And you know, Jordan Thomas is a, uh, a a former Mississippi State commit, or or he is a he, yeah, he de- he must have, I think he decommitted today. It was trending when I put in the crystal ball. Yeah, he decommitted on the first. Uh, he was uh, committed to Mississippi State. Tennessee's the obvious one trending there. Caleb Webb's a receiver from Powder Springs, Georgia, McEastern High that's committed to East Carolina, Tennessee, Louisville among the programs swinging hard. I like Tennessee there, so maybe a big uh, uh, could be a big weekend for for Tennessee. They're also bringing in the number one JUCO prospect in our rankings, Jeffrey Emba. You got the Walter Nolan nugget there. You look at you look at some of the other uh, as I scroll to player rankings for some nuggets. Uh, Damani Jackson put out his top two uh, this week, Alabama and USC. I still love Alabama for Damani and Earl Little. I think they finished strong at corner there with with those two. And uh, uh, Denver Harris, I talked to his coach today. Um, He's going to decide on December 15th. I'm not so sure I like my Alabama pick for him anymore, Blair. LSU Texas and Texas A&M in there. Texas A&M's got a big in-home with them on Saturday. So we'll see if the Aggies are real in that one. Uh, if Corey Raymond remains at LSU, they could be really tough to beat. And I'll just leave one more nugget. Five-star offensive lineman, Josh Connerly. I think we all loved Michigan uh, at the end of the season, but you taught, you asked at the top of the show, could Lincoln Riley have an effect here down the stretch. And I think the Trojans, you know, and, and Brandon Huffman was the first to say it, our, our guy, our colleague, you got to keep an eye on USC. Uh, I think Michigan has set the tone in this recruitment, but that was a huge hire for USC. And Josh Connerly is one of those pivotal recruits they need if they're going to turn it around fast. Yeah. And speaking of USC, they're in the top four for electric playmaker Zachariah Branch uh, in the 2023 class. One of the fastest players in the country, regardless of of class. He put it a top four of Alabama, USC, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. And the Trojans appear to be trending there, Steve. So that's going to be one to monitor as we head into the early signing period. Appreciate you joining us, Steve, and, and can't wait to do it again. Yeah, man. Take care, guys. We'll see you on 24-7 sports platforms.
That is Steve Wiltfong, Director of Recruiting for 247sports.com. If you like the show, please follow, rate, and review us and throw us those five stars. Remember, stay locked into 24-7 Sports all weekend long for all the latest buzz and recruiting scoop as we chase down the biggest news in the world of college football. For our guest, Steve Wilfong and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.